for traders who crave risk. Direction's daily leveraged and inverse ETFs provide opportunities to magnify short-term perspectives with daily 3x and 2x leverage or inverse leverage. Utilize bull and bear funds for both sides of the trade and trade through rapidly changing markets. These are highly leveraged ETFs with a daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. Whether you're a bull or a bear, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Large cap stocks are established companies with established products and established sales and very big market caps. They're also the types of stocks that tend to get the most attention. Today's audience requested ETF battle is a triple header between large cap ETFs from BNY Mellon, Vanguard, and Van Eck. Stick around. You're watching ETF Battles. I'm Ron DeLegge. Thank you for tuning in. This is the place where we congregate to analyze and judge ETFs versus each other. And if there's an ETF battle that you think we should do, or maybe you just need some help in figuring out which ETF might be the better choice, well, send me your ETF battle request in the comments section below or on our X feed or whatever Twitter's calling themselves these days. At ETF Guide is our handle. One more tip, watch our season four ETF battles playlist to ensure that none of the battle suggestions that you're sending me have already been done. Now, if you're into investing, then you should be investing with an adequate cushion or what I call margin of safety. Check out the tool at etfguide.com. It'll help you figure out your margin of safety. Be sure to visit the description section below. I've got a link to that along with links to our program judges and a link to our program sponsor direction. Today's triple header was requested by a viewer named Robert, and it's between three U.S. large cap ETFs from BNY Mellon, Vanguard, and Van Eck. So which of these three ETFs is the standout winner? Well, you're about to find out. Thank you, Robert, for your excellent ETF battle suggestion. Our four battle categories are cost, exposure strategy, performance, and then mystery Mysteries where our judges can pick a single factor or multiple factors that they feel are pertinent to today's contest. Our judges can take a pass. They can also nominate wildcard ETFs, or they can opt for split decisions. It's completely up to them. I'll be keeping score, and at the end of the show, we will declare an overall winner. Keep in mind, none of the battle outcomes are ever predetermined or known in advance by myself or our judges. So let's kick things off with the first category. It's cost. Shana, please get us started. Absolutely. Uh, so this is interesting because Vanguard obviously is known for being a very inexpensive um, type of ETF. They have the lowest expenses and that's their reputation in the industry at three basis points. And you would think, of course, that's the winner. But uh, the BNY Mellon large cap fund actually is the first fund that came to market with a zero expense ratio without waivers. So it stands out from that perspective. Both funds are relatively large. Obviously, the Vanguard fund is substantially larger than the rest. It's it's a, one of their flagship products. Uh, it has over $300 billion in it. 
Uh, whereas BNY Mellon's like a billion plus. Uh, but between the two, they bur- when you look at spread and liquidity and everything, they're basically tied. But I'm going to give it to BNY Mellon just for the fact that they were the first to come to market with a zero expense ratio ETF without waivers. Thank you, Shana. Cynthia, you're up next. How do you see it in terms of cost? Yeah, I agree, but I will give it a split decision between uh, BKLC and VOO just because of the massive liquidity execution. Uh, you can't beat Vanguard at this game. And uh, so to me, three basis points versus zero, it's not enough of a difference to really uh, differentiate that much to me. I, I think it's a split uh, a split decision here, but but the the move of BNY to offer they offered this one and their aggregate fixed income funds uh, when they launched about three years ago as their first zero fee no waiver, and uh, I think that was kind of a cool thing because the rest of the lineup is it has plenty of fees in there, but these two are their flagship no fee funds, and it's kind of cool to see when issuers innovate on cost, and this was an innovation for sure. There's something for everybody in the ETF marketplace, including freeloaders. Thank you for your uh, excellent analysis, Cynthia. Uh, Next up is exposure strategy. And Cynthia, you're still up. So give us your analysis. Which of these three ETFs stands out? Yeah, so these funds are, I mean, they're all large cap funds, uh, U.S. large cap. Now, you know, VOO is your classic, super vanilla S&P 500 exposure. Uh, you know, everybody's benchmark. Uh, BKLSC is, is more of a, it's a large cap fund. And it's actually, you know, I was just reading the prospectus for that fund today, and it's about to switch indexes later this year. So it's going to, you know, there could be a change coming in that fund. But for now, it's kind of, you know, it's a large cap fund. It has about 200 holdings. And, you know, it says in the prospectus, it actually can at any point own derivatives. It can own other ETFs to get that exposure. So it's a little bit, you know, it can be a little bit of a more mixed portfolio as opposed to just your S&P 500 portfolio. Now, Moat is completely different. Moat is companies that have a competitive advantage relative to their peers. It's selected by, it's by a VANAC fund. Uh, it's, it's about having an edge, companies that have an edge. So if you look at overlap, I think there's one name I found overlap between VOO and Moat. And it's a 50, I think it's about 50 holdings in that portfolio, much, much, much smaller. So it's a completely different play that I think doesn't really compete with VOO or be a KLC. Uh, so it's kind of tough to pick a winner because of that. But I mean, I, I love moat investing. I think there's something brilliant about it. Uh, but if you're just looking to fill your core large cap exposure, uh, VOO has to be the winner here, in my opinion. Shana, you're up next. How do you see it when it comes to exposure strategy? So I differ slightly from Cynthia here in that I am going to give the edge to um, BKLC. Um, I like that it's only 212 holdings. 200 is enough to be well diversified, but it, it's, it allows it to have potential for outperformance by stock selection, even though I know it's a passive vehicle. Um, it has some screens in there based on liquidity to make sure uh, that uh, it has good liquidity, but it also for that reason, um, has some flexibility in market cap, though when you look at the market cap comparisons of the VOO and BKLC, it's not substantially different. Um, the two funds have identical top tens, uh, but um, BKLC's is slightly more concentrated, which I, I have a preference for. Moat, as Cynthia pointed out, is a completely different animal. 
And there's a lot I like about Moat. But what I can tell you is if your goal here is to have, you know, core large cap um, exposure, Moat's probably not the best fit for that. Um, there's lots to like about Moat, but in this particular category, it BKLC is my winner. Next up is performance. And Shayna, you're still up. So what is your take on an, on the performance category? Vu and um, Moat have the longest track records. They have over 10 years, um, whereas BKLC has only got three years worth of track record. Um, in my opinion, uh, well, the numbers play this out. Uh, Moat has the strongest performance versus the other ones over every time period. Uh, so for that reason, Moat is my winner. Clearly what they're doing is adding value and adding alpha. Um, even though it is somewhat passively managed, it's based on a Morningstar Moat index. Um, and so the stock selection comes through that. Uh, and so for me, uh, it, it's a clear winner here with Moat. Cynthia, you're up next. How do you see it in terms of performance between these three ETFs? Uh, no argument there, Ron. <laughs> Agree 100%. Okay. And, and, uh, you don't have to be from the Renaissance period to be enjoying the discussion of moats. Okay. So, <laughs> so our judges agreed in terms of performance. Thank you very much. That takes us next to the mystery battle category where our judges can pick a single factor, multiple factors or anything else that they think is really important to today's matchup. So. Cynthia, what is your mystery battle category and which of these three ETFs wins it? So I went a little bit, you know, off road here and was thinking about behavioral finance. And, you went you know, off moat. <laughs> off moat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the idea that investors uh, loss aversion is stronger than appetite for gains. Nobody likes to lose money. And so when you look from that perspective, Moat investing is a really, really interesting play. So, you know, Moat outperforms on a regular basis uh, by a little bit here and there. But on years when the market is down, uh, it that's where you really see the outperformance. So in years when the S&P 500 was down 20 percent, 18 percent, Moat has outperformed any of those given years by at least five percentage points, both VOO and BKLC. That's a pretty good margin, uh, you know, that more than makes up for the much higher fee this product has. So I think, you know, for people who are really concerned about the years when the market is down and you have the really strong loss aversion, uh, I think Moat will give you a, a smoother ride uh, from that perspective. So that's my category and Moat is my winner. Shana, you're up next. What is your mystery battle category and which of these ETFs wins it? So I was kind of thinking of uh, similar to Cynthia, thinking about consistency of returns, opportunity for outperformance at times where that matters, which, of course, is when the markets are struggling. Um, and then also looking at the way it rebalances and it, it's so interesting to me. I've actually never seen a structure with a staggered rebalance like Moat. Um, I like Moat. Moat is my winner. I agree with Cynthia 100%. While it's extremely concentrated and it does take massive sector bets, um, it can hold as little as 40 companies. Right now it's holding 50, but um, it will take massive sector bets. There's literally no overlap in the top 10 between what Moat has and the other two funds. It's not as tech heavy necessarily. Um but what I really liked about it is this idea of having a moat because that actually protects you when times get tough. Uh, and the focus on this 
weird staggering uh, rebalancing that it does uh, to explain, it rebalances the first half of the portfolio every six months and then the other half of the portfolio three months after that. So um, it's a, a bit of a different approach. And while it's not technically an active fund, it feels very much like an active fund in the way that it's managed, the way the turnover works, the way the rebalancing works, and just the focused, concentrated nature. Overall, uh, it's investing in companies that have an edge uh, from a fundamental perspective that just makes sense, uh, companies that are going to be able to handle hard times better. Um, and it's going to give you exposure to companies that just have higher quality bias. And I, I, I like that. So for me, Moat is also the winner. We've moved to the part of the show where our judges are going to give us their final overall winner. How will this go down? Shana, you're up. Which of these three ETFs wins it? So this is a little hard because I had to think about it as like, is it my favorite fund that I would invest in? Or is it the best large cap exposure? Um, now, I'm somebody who I want to have funds that are going to give me an edge. So I personally would pick Moat because there's a point, I, I, there's plenty of studies that show that like once you pass 20 stocks, you're diversified. Um, but it's hard to overlook the fact that Moat takes se heavy sector bets, that it is highly concentrated. And um, for me, Moat would be my winner in that respect. But I'm going to give it to uh, BKLC because as a pure large cap exposure with potential for outperformance, with good uh, diversification, where you're going to get broad exposure to most of the names you're going to want in the S&P 500 index, I, I think that BKLC is is the best fit for that. So it's a bit of a split decision, but with an edge towards BKLC, not because I personally would invest in it, but if I was looking for pure large cap exposure as sort of a core foundational holding, BKLC would be my choice. Cynthia, your final chance to weigh in with your overall winner, give it to us. Um, you know, I, I agree on the sense of a somewhat split decision. I think, um, you know, VOO is a fund that just makes sense. It's, uh, I love just the clean cut exposure, the long track record, uh, you know, the really, really close index tracking. It's, it's the perfect large cap fund, uh, in my mind. Uh, and for every core portfolio, you know, a VOO fits in nicely. Now, Moat, I love Moat. Moat is a great uh, portfolio. I love the, the, all the tilts that Shana just described, the quality, the competitive advantage of these companies, the attractive valuation. You know, this fund does look for that. It's not just buying really expensive names because they're high quality. It's, uh, it's sustainable competitive advantage. It's not a one year that this, this company did well and it finds its way into the portfolio. So it's a great fund. It's not a large cap, uh, you know, bland fund that replaces a core exposure like a, an S&P 500, a VOO or a BKLC. So they're very different uh, and I love them both. So I'm, I like VOO and I like uh, Moat very much. So split decision between VOO and Moat for you. Yes. Boy, you ladies have made my job impossible today. <laughs> How would this be scored? Man, it's all scrambled eggs and sloppy joes in my mind right now. And uh, according to my battle scorecard, this is going to be a split decision. <laughs> Among all three. <laughs> Among all three. Yeah, it, it has to be because of Cynthia, you choosing VOO and Moat. 
Uh, but I would like to say that uh, despite the fact that this is a split decision between all three, I think our judges did agree on many points with regard to Moat. Um, specifically, the one that comes to mind is that it uh, being a more defensive play and performing and holding up quite well historically during difficult markets. There's something to say for that, right? I also think that Moat has done well even when the market's going up. Year-to-date, it's outperforming. It's it's ahead of VOO by 800 basis points. It's ahead of BKLC by 500 basis points. So this has been a market which has not at all been um, rewarding defensive types of companies, and this product is still outperformed. So uh, it is defensive, but it seems to hold up just fine when the market's doing great as well. Thank you for that added point, uh, Shana. And uh, for those of you wondering, well, then why didn't Moat win? Well, because our judges made the other point from a portfolio construction perspective, and I understand this, that Moat is not really what you would call a core exposure because it's not diversified. It doesn't really give you that core U.S. large cap equity exposure as VOO and BKLC. And um, so that's that's just a quick explanation of why our judges, uh, in in some respects, preferred those other ETS from a portfolio building and construction perspective. So, great points made by both Shana and Cynthia, and uh, we hope you enjoyed today's uh, ETF battle. And at the very least, I think we've given you uh, some good pointers in terms of uh, further research and determining which of these ETFs in the large cap space might be a good choice for you. Shana and Cynthia, great job. Keep up the good work and we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the chance to to chat today, Ron. Visit the description section below. We've got links to our judges. Get in touch. And be sure to check out the link to our program sponsor, Direction. Which ETF battle would you like to see in our next episode? Send me your ticker symbols in the comment section below or on our X Twitter X X Twitter X feed. At ETF Guide is the handle. We'll see you next time. For traders who crave risk, Direction's daily leveraged and inverse ETFs provide opportunities to magnify short-term perspectives with daily 3x and 2x leverage or inverse leverage, utilize bull and bear funds for both sides of the trade, and trade through rapidly changing markets. These are highly leveraged ETFs with a daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. Whether you're a bull or a bear, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to Direction.com. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services, LLC.